I have a question for you. Yes. That would have been fun. When was the moment when you were a kid that you realized, okay, I'm good at sports? Oh, good at sports. That's there. Like, I feel like there's an appropriate way to answer that, which would indicate that I felt like I was good at sports. So, like, like what was like the first time when you were a kid um, where you're like, oh my gosh, that was like my first ever highlight? Game. That's a good question. Um, I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I'm trying to think about to like what was like that first moment because uh, there was a like a coach pitch team and I used to love playing baseball with my dad, like my bas- backyard and I would hit the ball <clears throat> and we were playing at, actually at a alum or, um, Oh my gosh. What is the, uh, Anhurst. And I, I remember I hit this ball and it went over the kid's head and the kid just kept running and I got a home run and it was like the, the eyeballs of the parents when I got home and I, <laughs> then I became like the guy that was like, Hey, you ready to hit today? And it was like, yeah, I mean, I like this thing. I started to enjoy like having that, you know, notoriety in the, yeah. in the uh, coach pitch world. <laughs> <laughs> and how old is that when you're coach pitch? Yeah, maybe seven or so. Yeah. I don't know. Seven year old. Dude, like, then the next stop. day at school and everyone's like, oh, that, you know, and then the biggest thing I was telling Luke the other day, my son, I'm like, you know, I remember we used to have an all star team for Little League football. And you would get this like black net jersey. It's a JFLW, Junior Football League of Westworld, all-star. And it was always a black playing jersey, but it had your name on the back. And if you were on the all-star team and you're in elementary, you wore that jersey at least two times a week. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mix it up a little. You go white turtleneck underneath one day. Who knows? Maybe you do. Maybe you do like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll say tank top underneath it the next. Who knows? It actually makes me feel better because um, John wears, he has like, two soccer jerseys that he wears every other day. Oh, yeah. And like, bro, love it. like, one of them, you, the team's not even around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but he, yeah. I mean, he loves it, so I don't, I don't give him flack, but I'm like, mm-hmm. every other day, it's just yeah. soccer jersey. Mm. Guys, welcome in to the Get Body Podcast. This is your host, Charcross, a.k.a. your boy Cher. And as always, I'm my beautiful, mustached up, Halloween-ready co-host. Give it up for Dr. Luke. Shut up, Drew Brees. Oh, it's such a good okay. <laughs> audience. Check out the description for the YouTube link here. It's the greatest video of all time. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and your other co-host, David Dutton, the Jungle Kitty. Wow. <laughs> and audience, we have uh, Casey Warden here on the podcast. Yes. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Casey, do you know this is the season finale? I didn't, but I'm happy to be on. I hope I get a rose like on the, the Bachelor. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think we came prepared, but no, I don't even know. You got a steak. No, you got a steak, man. That, that was I'm, <laughs> I'm very full enough. right now. So I also <laughs> don't know the reference in that. Like, do you get roses if you stay? I like you get roses. When yeah, you yeah. So goodbye. basically, you do like a whole day. The, this is the girl, right? Uh, the girl stays up there, has a whole day with all the fifteen Bunch men or days. whatever, and they do these fun challenges or whatever. And at the end of the night. If you get a rose, you move on to the next base. So you move on to the next round. Yeah. Okay. So we give him a rose because he. I lost. Maybe I don't know. It probably wasn't a good reference. So. Yeah. (laughs) No. It's great. It's your rose. Regardless, Uh, this is the thirtieth episode. Wow. Yeah, thirtieth episode. Awesome. It's a big one. I think we should continue on our our story and our dive into Casey's life. Yeah. There's zero public service announcements. Yeah, we don't need them. No. If we if we think about them later on, I'll get them to you. But no, we'll be pausing for our sponsors. Oh yeah, you know. Okay, so Westerville smiles. Oh, yes. 
Yeah, just in the marketing budget. Yeah. Thank you, Westerville Smiles, for sponsoring this episode. Um, big shout out to Megan yes. for upgrading our studio. Oh, yes. I mean, this is, this is like, to some people's chagrin, mm-hmm. which people that just enjoy being unhappy. Um, this makes wow, other thanks. people happy either. Well, I just think you Why are you looking at him? Why do you think he's looking at me? Because <laughs> he walked in and he said, oh, no. <laughs> but then I said, hey, it's going to help with the sound. You know what? You're right. You're yeah. right. So, so I had to go through the grieving process in about five seconds. Yeah, yeah. We, we upgraded our $10,000 studio, maybe up a few, a few thousand more. So yeah, living well, in luxury. <laughs> well, Megan says she lives for shout outs. So. Full disclosure, you know, this is not my first go around in this basement. Right? That's right. You know, I actually was around here before the Dutton moved in. True story. Years Do you ago. know that? Yeah. I think, I think Casey brought it up a little bit. Tell, tell us more about yeah, that. Yeah. So my, my brother and, and his wife, they, they lived here. Um, you know, when, when we lived right down the street, you know, so, um, I can't remember when they moved out, but, uh, definitely we moved in 2013 and they were living in, um, Fort Worth, Texas at the time. So they, and, uh, and his mother-in-law, so my, my sister-in-law's mom, um, lived here. And this is where, this is how she grew up in. So, yeah. So a lot of nostalgia here. Wow. Thanks for bringing me back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Hopefully good, good nostalgia. Good, dude. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. You, you grew up Western your whole life, mm-hmm. right? Yep. How many, how many siblings do you have? I have two, two brothers. Um, they're both younger. Um, Kyle, uh, he's, you know, two years younger than me. And my brother, Tyler is six years younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood. Tell us about favorite moments Um, in general. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, grew up in Westerville. Um, you know, we, uh, we lived, uh, let's see, uh, the Southern part of Westerville and, um, till about second grade, uh, you know, moved over to Sunbury Woods and that's kind of really, you know, on off of Sunbury Road. And that's where I had, you know, a lot of the sort of childhood memories, maybe had a, a good buddy of mine, um, you know, uh, you know, several good buddies that we had that lived down the street from us and, you know, just our neighbors in that area. So, um, yeah, so we, we grew up over there, uh, and until I was about eighth grade. And then, so my brother Kyle was in sixth grade and I think Tyler went in like first or second grade. Uh, then we moved out of the neighborhood. So it's funny when I reference that, um, my youngest brother, Tyler, he didn't really hardly remember any of those times. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my dad's mom, uh, lived with us, um, basically my whole life until I was maybe a sophomore in high school. Um, and so, and uh, my my parents are originally from Cambridge, Ohio. Uh, it's about an hour and a half east of here, and all of their families from Cambridge. So the only people outside of our like family, both of my mom and dad's side, that did not live in Cambridge were us, and then my Graham is what we called her. So, um, so it was great growing up with her. She's she was a uh, you know there quite a bit, and you know we we didn't do a ton of traveling. Uh, played a lot of sports and kind of you know identity sort of wrapped around that. Bowling, football, baseball. The first thing you said was bowling? The first thing I said was bowling. Uh, yeah, so we did bowling league Saturday mornings. Uh, my mom and dad did a bowling league on Monday night. We would go there. Um, I did quite a bit of homework at, you know, at a bowling alley at Capri Lanes. Yeah, so Capri Lanes. Yes. Capri. Um, 
but you know, it was very unique where, you know, a lot of kids maybe had to go to bed real early and we'd be there like till after the league. And yeah, you know, we'd, we'd hang out and get to shoot pins and we would do fun games. Like you talk about the games with, um, you know, trunk or treat yesterday, we would yeah. literally be at a bowling alley. And because we were so patient the whole time, they'd always let us shoot games and we would, we try to get like split conversions and things like that. And I know it sounds strange, but like that, that was our highlight. You know, we, we love doing it. And it was like almost every Monday in, you know, for years until I'm, I don't know, eighth grade, ninth grade. I just imagine like eight year old Casey, like smoking <laughs> and doing homework. This I, I mean, that was, yeah. I so can actually, the satin shirts, you know, like, Oh man. So like Kingpin, if you guys ever seen that with, yes. um, yeah. So in, and even still to this day, we, we've done bowling leagues on like Friday nights and, you know, actually up until, I don't know, a year ago, uh, there was several of us on a picture at the Columbus bowling palace, because they took a picture of us one day. Um, man, I, I hate to keep pushing this subject line, but do you know the very first day Lucy was born? January 10th, 2014 was the first day of our Friday night league. And I'm talking my whole family does it. Me, Brittany, the kids. Well, the kids would always come. My mom and dad, uh, Brittany's dad, uh, her brother, Rocco, Masha. We all did this Friday night league forever. <laughs> And so the very first night of the league, when Lucy was born, yeah, I, we had two other kids, right? So yeah. they were four and two years old. So we're staying there and Brittany had labored and she's looking at me and the kids are rolling around and we just went to CC's pizza. We drive back over. <laughs> yes. We're waiting. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for this night. We're going to just wrestle, read some books, you know, and she looks at me and says, why don't you take them and go bowling? And I was like, this is a trick. <laughs> you, you are tricking me right now. There is no way. And I said, I, no, absolutely not. So when I said, come here, you rascals, I kissed them and I loved them. And I said, we're going to stay here. And they started squirming. My hands were jiggling all over the place. I looked back at her and she was like, seriously, get out of here. And I go, are you sure? And she was like, I just want to get some sleep. And I was like, okay. So I took him, went bowling that night. I swear <laughs> on my life. That night, hey, I remember your wife was pregnant. You know, she had the baby. I said, yeah, she just had the baby just today. And they're like, oh, seriously? And I was like, I, I swear it was under her directive. She requested that I take the kids out. So, yeah, that's a true story. So that's I guess when I mentioned bowling first, like growing up, yeah, it was a big part of, you know, life and um you know, to add to that, we, we kind of continued a little bit too. So just went bowling again last Friday. My kids did. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So they just, they love it. Yeah. So your family's like really close knit, like really tight knit. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, definitely really tight. We've, um, you know, we, like I said, we, we always, we always ate in my mom always, you know, made dinners and, you know, we didn't really do go out too much. Um, you know, we didn't even do a ton of vacations because we're always kind of active with like our sports and whatnot. So, which, so we were always kind of together and really, you know, definitely close knit. We still like live very close to each other now. I mean, and you know, my brother works with me, my mom does. So, and we've just since sort of expanded on all that. Um, it just added more family members that, you know, I kind of treat my sister-in-law like they're, you know, like they're my sisters. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're more like your mom or your dad? Oh man. Um, I think I would offend one of them if I, if I said, you know, an actual answer, but you know, I think a good mix of, of both to a degree. 
Um, maybe more, I don't know. So, you know, it depends, but I'm very unique. I would say that, um, while I am a lot like them in certain ways, um, I'm, you know, sort of sometimes maybe the odd man, black sheep, you know, of the family. How how so? Um, well, uh, my, my diet, like I actually like select foods that are like, you know, not of just taste and, you know, that, my dad's hilarious because he won't eat like Chipotle burritos because those things look like maggots. And he he's referencing rice, by the way. So, <laughs> yeah, those things are maggots. Um, and and my mom loves to kind of add little flavors to everything. And, she, and she's a great cook. Um, and while I love eating her food, you know, I, I've since sort of, you know, tried to be more conscious of, you know, how I eat. But, you know, in general, like we, we all are... Uh, you know, I would say my brothers are very similar to that. So I'll walk into work and my, my youngest brother, Tyler, will be eating like a leftover taco from like three days ago and for breakfast, you know, mm. and then wash that thing down with a, a Red Bull and, you know, just go right on with his day. So, yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I used to eat like that quite a bit, but, um, yeah, then I found out you know, I'm going to start dieting a little bit. And then it was like this aha moment of, Man, I just didn't know that that's how your stomach is supposed to feel during the day. Like, so, but yeah, um, you know, uh, they are, they're great people. They're, they work so hard. And, you know, I think that the thing I admire the most is just that they're, they've never been too good for anybody. Uh, I mean, none of my family, uh, they've never been too, too good to do maybe tasks that other people wouldn't want to do. And, and, you know, you know, anybody of any socioeconomic level, they've been able to relate to. And I feel like that's just, I've always admired that quite a bit and that, uh, you know, sort of no end to their sort of work ethic and ability. Now, you know, where I've tried to implement is maybe using, you know, efficiencies are trying to be kind of smarter about things and, you know, in different ways. And, um, sometimes try to understand that, you know, work, work can be delegated and just, you know, help them out with certain things, but yeah. yeah. So growing up in <clears throat> Westerly your whole life, you went to South, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit about, about high school. Okay. Well, um, you know, Brittany's dad was the head football coach at Westville South. I did not know that. So he was the head football coach when I was there. The reason I know Brittany is because my dad played football at Capitol with Brittany's dad. And then my dad started coaching with at Westville South back in 94. Was that risky to be dating the coach's daughter? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So were you guys in the same grade? She's a grade younger than me. Oh, yeah. wow. So we oh, knew wow. each other, but we didn't really start dating until I was a sophomore. She was a freshman. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so, yeah. So we dated through high school and, you know, yeah, there was a couple of times where like I, I had this really bad punt one time against Westville North and I showed up and her dad looks at me and goes, don't ever punt the ball six yards again. I was like, okay, fine. Uh, you know, but it was, it was always lighthearted. I know. Stop. You didn't have to, you know, hammer that one down. (laughs) You Um, didn't have to say it. I I also didn't. I thought this was editable. Six yards. (laughs) Okay. Jeez. 
<laughs> he's so sensitive about it. It's all right. yeah. You punted? I did. I know. That's what I'm more <laughs> interested. Yeah, I thought you were like an outside linebacker. Like, okay. okay. Yeah. See, I told you guys. That's why I don't open up. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just. I don't know. I guess. Um, I. Yeah. I don't know. Moving on from middle school, you go into high school, and you know, I was a bit of a late bloomer. Um, Brittany and I were about the same height when we first started dating. Really? Yeah, I was a sophomore. Um, I got my first um, armpit hair when I was about 17. So, and I, you know. How old were you, like, at 17? Were you? I was about, at 17, I was about 6'1", 6'2". Okay. But from my junior year in football to my, let's see, my senior year, even my junior in baseball. Because I, uh, I was about 180 pounds. By the time I got to baseball my senior year, I weighed about 218. And I was just, you know, uh, it just started eating better. And, eating and, mama's cooking. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know what? I swear to this. I started drinking water, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. You guys are laughing. Why? Like, are you, why? Like, I'm, no, I'm with him. I don't what know. What David? Listen. I started drinking water. <laughs> I swear, this Ice Mountain bottle, I would take it, I'd drink it, and I'd fill it back up. And it, I was like, I wanted to gain weight and like be big, and I wanted to go to college and play football. And it was just kind of everything I knew, and it was you know what was valuable. And um, you know, I swear to you, before that, I was trying to think like I don't remember other than actually being a practice drinking any water. And and I and I'm not kidding you. I swear, there's something happened like my senior year, and it may have been because I had I had viral meningitis at the end of my junior year. I was in the hospital for like three days, but something clicked over. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, school wise, I was just, I was getting decent grades before, but I just really just got a lot easier. Um, I was hitting weights and just, you know, actually, so it might've been just like puberty finally set in who knows. So but, you started drinking water and you gained 30 pounds. Well, so, so again, <laughs> drinking water, <laughs> give, drinking water, lifting weights. And no, I'm, I, I swear to you, I swear, meningitis, no, apparently. I swear, I swear, you know, going through <laughs> puberty, it's a big deal. Like it's, it's, it was huge for me at that point. And I'm, so I'm like, you know, six, I'm like two or three inches taller than one of my brothers and like six inches taller than the other one. Yeah. You know, they're probably going to, if they ever listen to this and probably refute that. But, do you think, um, do you think because of the water? Do you think that like, it's the I, think, drink water. I think both it's hydrogens and one oxygen were to, to account for all that. But the true, for self water. Oh, I remember drinking, I remember making protein shakes before I went to school and I'd let them sit in my car. Right. Yes, yes. You let him sit in your car, like, to heat up. No, to no, man. No, to stay cool, because, you know, it's oh, cold yeah. in, like, cars in the wintertime. I was going to say, yes. man, that was a the first bed. Whenever I ever get, like, a protein shake in my car, and I come back, and it's been... It's heat. frothed. It's been, oh, dude, it's like, mm. it's like ready to explode, because it's yeah. been heating up. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess I took this approach, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know? Yeah. And you find out that sometimes you got to be smarter about what it, whatever it means, you know? Yeah. Not doing that switching over to water but again that's not mm. that's not the main highlight but you know um yeah so we dated and, and then i went to ohio dominican after that football and baseball started off mm. when you how did you decide uh what major you wanted to do in uh, college okay so you know well you know in school uh high school was uh you know i liked science and liked working with my hands i was you know working at subway at the time of course, sandwich artists. Be fresh. <laughs> Do you hear they have new uh, like artist. cutting machines? No. Deli slicers. Listen, do they do the U-gouge or the classic cut? 
It's a great question. I, was uh, yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> figured you knew because you're a We'll ask our research department. Get so, on it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know. I just arbitrarily chose bio and biology and chemistry. I thought maybe pharmacy, you know, didn't really... I think they try to give you directive in high school, but do you, what do you really know? I think you I really know, have seriously. To, you, you got to go out and you got to experience it. And that's what I try to help people with now is go out, actually learn it, do it, even shadow, get your hands involved in some way to recognize what the day in and day out is. And usually you have to end up assessing what are you willing to tolerate for that job? Cause everybody's got some negative about their job to some degree. <laughs> You'll like most aspects of it, but the highlights will end up being are things that you navigated, the things that are tough or the things that you don't like. And it's like, well, it's better to learn maybe, man, I wouldn't be willing to tolerate that, you know, before you go and you choose that career path. So anyways, I was working at Subway, uh, biology, uh, chemistry is playing sports in college, just to continue some high school, sort of like the way it felt like. Did you live um, at home or? So, no, I lived on campus, which I thought was amazing. Um, you know, living on campus was sort of freeing and just, you know, kind of breaking away from, um, you know, just being able to kind of have some autonomy and it was nice. Um, but, uh, my, my told my dad, I was like, yeah, I'm going to just you know, come back home in the winter and just work at uh subway. And he was like, why don't you go work for Dr. Jeff? We knew this dentist and, you know, he's always a fun guy, but I was like, yeah, I don't really know anything about dentistry. I was thinking pharmacy. You know, I don't know any pharmacists either. So I was like, yeah, I'll just go make some money and help him out. And, started like alphabetizing charts and whatnot. And I remember he brought me in the very first time I was put this mask on. I'm like, what is going on here? And, you know, we're in these goggles and I'm sitting behind him and, you know, uh, one of his assistants and, and he, you know, he pulls out a anesthetic syringe and I was like, I hung out with this guy on the weekends. I was like, I didn't know this guy I really knew what he was talking about at first, yeah. but, but turned out I, I really enjoyed him as a practitioner and he was one of my mentors and, then he started kind of reading over the health history and he was reviewing with the patient their medications and what things to look out for. And I was like, whoa, what are those words you were just saying? I mean, I'm like, I'm just an utter shock. And then his thing, it was like, you know, it was a, such a scary object. And he found a way to kind of kind of hide the anesthetic to deliver it in a way that the patient didn't really move. And afterwards they had, they had said, oh, my gosh, I didn't. That was, that was the easiest thing I've ever done. And he was just super comfortable and confident and, you know, and then he yanked this tooth out and it had these gigantic roots. And I thought that patient didn't feel how in the world did it's like magic, you know, plus he's mixing in sort of the, the uh, science behind it that kind of intrigued me because, you know, for whatever reason, it's just, I guess maybe memorization was always, you know, one thing that suited me. And um, I thought, well, shoot up pretty good at science. And, you know, I, I think I could maybe try that. So I got more involved and I started, the assistants would show me how to, you know, pour the models and we'd actually look at designs of, you know, different prostheses. And then I started assisting chair side and I was like, man, I, you know, I think that I could, I could do this. And, um, so, you know, I started kind of starting to take the admissions test and, um, first, first go around wasn't, was okay. Um, but there were some areas that I had to pick up on. So, um, you know, after I graduated, I spent the summer studying for it again and, you know, got in the class the first year out of dental school. And um, like I said, it wasn't easy. I you know, had, to, had to take that test all over again and, you know, finally got into the class and, you know, 
It was just like, boom, high school, college, and college was filled with baseball. We were four years. It was just so studying and, uh, you know, just time just was flying by, you know, at that point in time. And, uh, and then that segue maybe into, you know, then we, we found out right now, I found out we were pregnant. She was pregnant. And, uh, you know, then that's sort of like a whole flip of like, you know, life after that pretty wild. And you were in what year of dental school was it? So I was, we found, we found out we were, uh, found out my uh, fir- first year of dental school around New Year's Eve. 2009. So 2008 into nine. Yeah. Yep. Um, she was wearing boots with fur on them. We, we remember. So yeah, she got pregnant. <laughs> it is. It actually is. It's, it's, yeah. And anytime she hears the song, so she'll text me and say, yeah. about you. It's <laughs> got one last, last week, actually <laughs> reminisce. Um, and it, while I'm laughing right now, uh, at the time it was, uh, it was the one of this, it was the single most stressful thing, you know, of all the things that you go through. And it was just, a lot, you know, and in school, like I just, it was like the, the summer between it was just double studying and then it just right into school. And it was like, you get like this one week of winter break, you're waiting for your student loans to re up. They hit your account. Like, oh, I think I, I can eat again, you know? And it's like, you're taking money out to buy books. And then, you know, you're pregnant, you know, she's pregnant. And I'm like, uh, I gotta go to the bursar to see what I can do. Like, can I work? And, you know, you're taking, and I don't know what the med school hours or curriculum was like, but I mean, I was 7.30 to 4.30, Monday through Friday. Friday afternoons were our anatomy labs and practicals, you know, and then it was, then your studying time is outside of that. So yeah. you know, if, if undergrad, the rule of thumb is what, three to four hours per credit hour. I mean, you're taking, you know, 26 to 30 in dental school. And, you know, for every one hour class, you usually have a three hour lab you know, so with some didactic mixed in between. So we, we were like a full-time job, you know, and then you have your lab work that you have to do that you can only do like on site. So that was the other uh, tricky component. And so it's funny, you know, um, it, I referenced my weight with like high school and whatnot. I, I dropped a lot of weight because it was like, I was stressed and you stopped yeah. drinking water. I, I must have. So yeah. that I was drinking only water and not eating anything. So <laughs> between that and studying and, you know, um, my only, I guess my only sort of reprieve at the point was like just planning things out and just being like, you know, you got to take it on. And it's like, you know, it, it was, uh, it was tough. And just thinking like how we were going to support everything you know, and I knew it could happen. It's like, and it's all monopoly money. It's like, yeah, one day you'll make some money. It was like, that was three years away. And, uh, so we, we had like moved back into the apartment that I'd lived in an undergrad that my parents owned. And, you know, uh, it was, a let's see, um, three bedroom, um, one and a half bath. And it was a nice, nice little place for us. And, um, so we had the baby and it was like, you know, exciting the newborn stuff. And, um, and frankly, we, we, we had some hard times, her and I, like with the stresses, I think, and, you know, I think everything combined and, you know, I was 23, she was 22. We went straight from undergrad and, and our undergrad was, we did in high school, but undergrad was, we were pretty much off and on the entire time, you know? And so we were just continuing that trend and, there was actually a point where we were continuing that trend and then it was like, we found our pregnant. So like, Oh, this will change things for us. And you know, it really, it really didn't. And, um, so we, we ended up separating, um, pretty shortly after, uh, 
Lily was born. And, you know, that, that was, um, that was not easy, you know? And I'm just thinking about like the, man, the time just like to be at downtown on campus at seven thirty. you know, you gotta, you gotta get up at four ish mm-hmm. and pack everything up. And, you know, it was, I usually had a routine. I'd have three sandwiches, two peanut butter and jelly, one turkey. And then you'd pack your bag if whatever, and you'd have to stay to study. I would drop her off at, you know, Brittany's mom and dad's house where she was at or, you know, and, or my mom's, she had to watch the baby or something and, you know, drive to school. And it was like, we'd have days that we were trying to switch on and off. And, you know, it was maybe, I don't know, six, seven months or so of that. And I think we just both kind of said, this is like, sucks. And after a while, and we, you know, so then, you know, the resolve, like for her and I was, I don't know, trying to relate together with like being parents and, you know, going through that particular scenario, you know, definitely helped us grow, but, um, you know, it wasn't easy. And I think that sometimes I, you know, the mentality that I took at that point in time was just, yeah, uh, lion or gazelle, man. I, I, Dave, I was telling this today the other day, I was listening to something about how when you respond to stress and, you know, I don't think you have a choice in that matter. You can, you can just give up or you just have to attack it. And, yeah. and then in a way it kind of makes you feel more confident and, but it can, doesn't work out in every scenario. And sometimes I'm trying, still learning through like when to apply those concepts and when not to, but, um, I can keep going on with this subject line if you want. But after that, we, we, we got back together, um, you know, and it wasn't too long after that, that we found out she was pregnant with Luke. Hmm. So you're still in med, uh, you're still in, in dentistry school. Yes. So I was in my third year of dental school then. So and I'm sorry. So by, at Ohio state, at Ohio state. Yeah. yeah. So my, so my first day of my second year of dental school, um, is when her water broke and we had Lily. So my whole second year and third year and fourth year, we had Lily. And then, um, in my third year, we found out we were pregnant with Luke. So like, I don't know, a couple weeks after that, we said, okay, we're finally, we, we got to really get this down. Right. So we jump, we were already engaged. So I actually, when did you get engaged? We got engaged in the summer. Um, so we got back together. So the summer of 20, uh, 10, 2010. And then shortly after we, we found out we were pregnant with Luke and then we, we decided to get married, um, in December. Yeah. That pre Luke or post Luke pre Luke pre Luke. She was pregnant with Luke technically. So yeah. Technically post conception of Luke, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. You guys have fun at the wedding? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got married. Um, so we booked us so quick. Uh, Pastor Frank at Genoa Baptist married yeah. us. He, there was a conflict. So she was going to move the wedding to somewhere else. And he called her. Um, still to this day, I can't, you know, help but just, you know, think in adoration of him. And when I walked up, he, he knew our situation as far as like where we were at, like financially and, and it was a hundred bucks to, uh, I, I distinctly remember this and it was a hundred bucks to pay for him to get married there. So I went to go give him my hundred bucks and he looked at me and he shook his head. He said, put that away. And he whipped out a hundred out of his own wallet and he gave it to me. You're and kidding. no, no. And here's the crazy part. Um, 
I had $120 in my bank that day. I was just hoping that you get like cards with money in it. Otherwise I have to ask somebody for money. And I just, that is not something I really wanted to do. So I pay for the wedding to pay for the bar tab, but I was going to tell them to cap it at a hundred. Yeah. I mean, I had no, I didn't know what else to do. I was like, yeah, I was going to maybe try to sneak some envelopes or something like that. These student loans don't come out until usually the end of the month. And so, um, you know, I didn't work like a night job or anything like that. So yeah, no, that was, I, I still remember pulling that Huntington thing out and, um, thinking, man, I really hope that. And when, when he gave me the hundred, it was like, Oh, so you talk about like emotions and stuff. It was, it was a lot. Um, but he's a great, he's a great, great man. So yeah. Looking back at that season of life, what was kind of holding you together? You know, I think I probably leaned on, I think maybe part of it is maybe I leaned on Brittany to be that. And, you know, or myself, right? Um, you know, and it, it was, again, just trying to take a mentality of like, let's just maybe try to do it myself and, you know, grind through it. Just, you know, it's other people have it harder than I do, you know, and I would just always try to take that mental approach and that, you know, it could be harder, you know. It, it, it could definitely be harder. I know that people don't grow up and are afforded the option, maybe go to college or weren't even, you know, given that option. And it's like, I, I would think like that. Um, but again, I don't know if it was always as, uh, as easy to just narrow or pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you right now that I wouldn't consciously think of it. What's holding me together. When I, you know, it's still not natural for me to think like that. I think um, I'm thinking back to my own um, experience in medical school. It's probably somewhat similar um, as far as like like you you go into it and you're like, well, this is it. Like I'm like this is what I'm doing now. Right. And there's just like no other option. Yeah. Like you just do it. Yeah. You 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 just need to get to the point of finishing well you just do it like you're yeah, like it's just surviving yeah you're really like, no, it's, it's not just, it, it, you yeah. don't you don't really think about that like what's holding me together you just do it like time is not a there's like not even a construct of time no. it's it is the strangest thing i mean yeah. you know but i was talking also about you know tim hortons and it's like yeah i know the spots where you could go and study that wasn't your desk at your house mm-hmm. just because it's like torturous to sit in the same yeah. position then you go to the library and it closes at at 10 and every 30, 30 minutes, 15 minutes beforehand, they have this big buzz sound. So no matter where you're at on a, like whatever your level of studying is, you might be like 40 pages. You're like, you're like 10 pages in. You're like, you hear this, the library's closing in 15 <laughs> minutes. And you're like, Oh, I just forgot everything. I just yeah. learned. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, in the back of my mind, I've got kids at home or, and you'd have to wait until like, you put them to bed now they don't remember much with that age because they're they're kind of blobby but you know at the same time they still need their dad and you know and and you know Brittany would need me and mm-hmm. you know and then on top of that the the unspoken thing was you know at no point are you ever going to think well i don't have phone or cable or internet or tv or food or whatever it just has to be an afterthought like breathing like blinking you know it it could never be a thought and to me i don't know i just that that having that full 
consuming concept is 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 very tricky then also trying to gain ground you know academically and really survive in a lot of ways you know um you know but fortunately i think that the school program i went to was great um you know uh you get support from people on the way and you know i but and if i had that direct answer i mean i'm just like you know sometimes it's just like it you blink your eye and next thing you know, you're like, Oh my gosh, it's towards the end. Just get me through these last one few stages because I, knew, I actually knew I had a job like waiting for me on the way out. I'm like, once I get there, you know, and then it was like almost like a restart button, man, right out of school. It was, it was almost as tough. Okay. <laughs> so almost as tough right out of dental school. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like, so, you know, I told you my situation with the loans and whatnot and, so we had two kids and the student loans and, you know, at the very end, it's like, I got to start working. So I got my license on June, like 11th, which was a Friday. The, the 14th is when I started working like that Monday. Yeah. Cause I, I gotta, I gotta make money and I gotta pay the bills and there's Christmas coming up. Oh my uh, my student loans are going to start in December. And that, that monthly was like debilitating. You know, it was, I mean, it's just the pressure doesn't end. It's like all, you know, monopoly money until it actually hits you, mm-hmm. you know, with paying everything else. And it's like, you know, so that pressure just, just pushed me to be like, there's no other way other than just, you're going to grind it out. And thankfully, like Brittany understood that to where she was comfortable staying home with the kids to where, you know, if I needed to work until six, which I did every day, pretty much. And then evenings and Saturdays. Cause I wanted to gain ground on the student loans and, and it was like, and then one day I'll be able to slow down. And you know, if I'm, I had my 10 year class reunion last week. I'm like, I'm still looking, I'm still not slowing down so much. I mean, I, I have to a degree and things have gotten a bit easier, but once it starts to slow, because you get so used to it and so addicted to it, maybe then you beat it. And it's like, and I was reading your question about what motivates you. And it's like, I, I mean, I'm thinking like, I don't know about what motivates me, but if I, if I'm like a, I don't know, like a shark, if you start to slow down, it's like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. Like I, I need to, I get to change it up, you know, move into a new house with Alfred or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, or, you know, open a, open a building. Yeah. Uh, change the business. Cause we were too big. And it's like, well, you could slow down. It's like, well, then I feel like I'm gonna leave those other patients behind. I can't do that. And it's like always some reason to keep pushing and moving forward. Um, but I don't know. I think that in terms of, you know, where, where like time goes and how you want to approach things right out of school, I'm thinking back to an example where, I mean, you, you were, you're, you're just trying to apply like 40 years of, of information on every patient Mm -hmm. and (laughs) down to, you know, micrometer detail where, you know, and then dealing with people that have an emotional response to everything you do, it is like. It is a lot of pr- every single thing was so much pressure. What if I get sued because I remember this thing I read and you know this oral path course and what if this and it's like you just it's just so like it is just so immense to where there was a day where I drove there and I remember distinctly calling Brittany at the end. I said I'm so sorry, I need you to come pick me up. And I'm on the west side of Columbus in the bottoms, and she's like, "What?" And I was like, "I can't find my keys anywhere." 
She goes, well, how'd you get to work? I said, I drove here. She goes, did you lock in the car? I said, no, I just went in the car. I looked everywhere for them. I swear, I have no idea. They're on my pockets. I wear scrub pants on my jacket. She drives all the way down. Two kids are in the back, pulls up, walks into the office, goes into my briefcase, reaches in the front pouch, pulls my keys out. (laughs) I remember looking over and I was just like, I'm so sorry. She's like, it's okay. And, you know, she's like, can we go home now? And all I could just describe it as is like, you know, from that point on, I couldn't even have a conversation on the way home from work. And to this day, the only time I'm alone is my drive into work and my drive home. It's the only time I'm not accountable to somebody or something. Hmm. That's why I'm addicted to CrossFit, I think. Because I go in and... It is my, my mind is blank in survival mode and it's freeing. It's liberating. You know, I do like the, the culture of everything, but something about just, you know, not having to think or be accountable or is, is, um, you know, it's, it's nice. I mean, I think I, I consume myself with everything else that that's uh, maybe part of the reason I like CrossFit. Mm. From the moment, <clears throat> early into uh, dental school when you had your first kid and even you talking a little bit about you and Brittany separating till um, let's say even when you, when you first started like right out of, right out of school, what was you guys marriage? Like how, what did you do to have to build um, you guys, you know, relationship, your marriage? What, what was that like? Well, yeah, we're still working on that. You know, um, I wish I had a, the answer and I wish I, shoot, we go through ebbs and flows. Yeah. We go through a lot of extremes, like a lot of good too. Um, but a lot of, we definitely have had, you know, volatility that is, you know, we've been around each other so much that I think the toughest thing between her and I is that we, we are, so opposite in so many ways. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a lot feel opposite. I feel very opposite of, of a lot of people, to be honest with you. Um, but especially with her, she seems to just, you know, jive in every environment. And, you know, she, she seems to, she enjoys, you know, so many different things that maybe I, I don't have as much comfort level. in. um, uh, even like our approaches to, you know, even the kids and, you know, but I mean, I really do value what I, what I have to always pause to think is just how much I value what, you know, she can provide that I'm just, my strengths are not there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the way down to even conversations or, you know, even with the girls and, um, you know, I've, you know, and I think it's good to always try to be humble about, you know, not being as, you know, good at certain areas, you know, and, you know, and I, I know my, I know most of my strengths and, you know, being precise and organization more is my forte. And, you know, she's, she's available, uh, more available than anybody I've ever met, you know, which is, you know, it's a, it's a concept that is, you know, not always, you know, a thankful thing for, you know, it's not as easily spoken to, um, you know, verbalizing things. I mean, I'm talking right now and I'm, I pretend to, talk a lot when I'm more nervous. Cause like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. And, um, so I tend to end up maybe talking too much at times, but 
usually I don't feel super comfortable, you know, talking about my feelings as much. You yeah. know, I just, I don't know. Um, was it really part of, you know, what I did a lot? I don't know, maybe not growing up. I mean, I never really paused to assess it, to be honest. Like, what, yeah. why? I just... Again, it's it's like if you pause to assess it, you're not gaining in some way. So it's like, you know, what, does it matter? <laughs> Tomorrow I still got to get up. I got to make sure we're going to work and, you know, make sure everything's taken care of. And, you know, I find that I find comfort in that level of approach of things. And um, so from a marriage perspective, um, you know, trying to listen more you know, for myself, uh, how we work on things, um, you know, trying to understand like her perspective and just how tough it might be to be around a baby all day or two babies. Mm -hmm. And if I think that my only time by myself is then, and you know, she had the same circumstance going on. So you got two people that feel like we just kind of need like space from something at all points in time. And then, but the person that's supposed to maybe help you resolve this, also feels the exact same way. And in that sort of like, you know, polarizing, con mm -hmm. it is, it, you can almost feel it at times. And I think we both know it. At this point, we, we kind of know sometimes more from the look. We'll still get into little scuffles, but it, it turns out that we get our, our rebound rates a lot faster these days. Mm -hmm. When to add to the, um, you're both looking to each other to help with the problem. Mm -hmm. You're both, um, you're, you're different in that you probably like, are your love languages the same? You guys have no, no. no. Yeah. Love, love that. Yes. Jeez. So that's another thing. She asked me to do these love language tests and I thought they were stupid. Like, I'm like, <laughs> why? I just, your feelings like, come on. Yeah. Can't we go work out? It makes everything better. <laughs> and sex, of course. That's yeah. always the universal answer. Um, so Casey's a physical touch guy. Actually, no. She is a physical touch, words of affirmation. Yeah. I'm an acts of service. So that dinner tonight, I, you could, I could show you love me. Wow. Yes. Yes. It is my love language. Like, yes. Yeah. Um, and quality time. So just you guys being here, I really appreciate it. Wow. Wow. Yes. So a thank lot of love you. tonight. Yeah. No, I feel a lot yeah. of love. Thank you guys. Yes. I, I think um, the, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but I think like the realization that marriage is not always easy because you're like, oh, you're the one person. Like even just saying like, hey, I'm empty right now. I, I need you to help me. And they're mm -hmm. empty or then that's left. That's the tension point. Mm -hmm. But then also of like, I mean, you're my best friend. You're the one that should like, yeah. should I, I have to work to translate everything into your love language mm -hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not good at it still. Yeah. I'm, I'm not either. I'm horrible. It's horrible. Like just, and it's, su it is super difficult. Like, I guess I'm just, you know, it's not, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, physical touch in the sex of set in, in the sense of sex is, you know, there's, there's two different components. Like there's like the, you know, the, this walking into the house and, you know, a hug and yeah. wow, uh, just the verbal verbalizing. And it is just not my forte. I don't even like saying goodbye to people. I, I don't know what it is. I, I what wish. is it, the Irish goodbye? Yeah. yeah. No, really. And I've read about it. Thankfully, at least I have some context behind this where it's like, it's like, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Like, I don't yeah. know why I got to say goodbye, but it's a big thing. It's more of like almost offensive if you don't. 
and or even like the descriptions of, of verbalizing how you feel. And it's just I yeah, I'm still struggling to answer some of the questions you guys have asked me. I'm like, I'm just trying to like because then you have to like kind of assess yourself. And it's like, I don't know. I got time for that. I'd rather just let me just move on to <laughs> getting need something accomplished. You want me to you know <laughs> help you? pull your tooth out or something. I do that, but yeah. I don't know. So, so I guess like learning, learning that and, um, translating it and, uh, admittedly, I just, I don't know. I could be better at it. Definitely. It's hard to, to like slow down enough to take stock of yourself. And I think sometimes a lot of people, including myself and I mean, having similar backgrounds, um, at least in academically, I mm-hmm. think, slowing down again you don't you feel like you're not accomplishing something but then when you slow down to the point of like taking stock of yourself it's freaking scary yeah <laughs> like that's yeah. and and like just learning to lean like you said the mm-hmm. the lion versus the gazelle versus yeah. the gazelle maybe i mean trying to turn it into that kind of situation where instead of running away from it it's more of something you attack and yes. embrace. Yeah. And I think that by doing that, it exposes you to your weaknesses, you know, and, and, and uh, with the mentality that whatever your weakness is, you either push it down and away or you just convince yourself it's not one anymore. You know, um, saying yes to doing this, it was not easy to be honest. And and, but it's a weakness that I need to peel back and say, well, you know, what's maybe the worst thing that could happen uh, that maybe I expose something and then I either never do anything about it. That's the other thing that I've, I don't know, like maybe is the biggest fear is that mm. what if I find a weakness, right? And then I can't do anything about it. Mm. And then you're stuck with that weakness. It, you know, expanding on that um, and how positive that is, but it's, you know, it is not, but it's not something that I'm super comfortable with at all. It's tough. Even pistols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes pistols. It's okay. Yeah. You don't even do them in the open. I do them. Well, Casey, when you were talking about, <coughs> uh, slowing down a little bit, I, I, I have a follow up question for you, but I think that's why, <laughs> If you look in the Genesis story mm-hmm. and you see God working and creating on the seventh day, you know, there's rest. And that's something that I feel like I'm in the same boat in the sense of like, I feel like I need to keep going and improving and, and grinding. And I'm in my twenties. Like this is the time for me to do that. But if for me, what's been really tough though is not taking that moment of rest when it doesn't allow me to take the inventory where I get to spot my weaknesses, but two, then also realizing, yeah, like I am not good enough. That's kind of why I need a savior. Like that's why I kind of need someone to help. Um, But three, there is also a moment of enjoyment too, of like, okay, I am in this really, really hard season of life. Or, man, I'm in a really good season of life right now. Um, and being able to, like, embrace that and sink your teeth in a little bit more. 
in this past 11 weeks or so, I've taken one hour of my Sunday, which actually has been really challenging. And it's, you know, seven to eight. I don't have any kids. Life's pretty easy right now for me. So, And 11 weeks because you just said you're 11 weeks. Yeah, baby. 11 week anniversary. Come on. Yeah. Um, But that's been that's been game changing for me Um, of just even like allowing myself to one, take a step back, take inventory, but also maybe even learning something new um, has been really fun. My follow up question for you. Um, Has life gotten like has life slowed down a little bit for you? And that you're that you're older, um, older, not old. Oh no, no, no. I, <laughs> honestly, I don't even, I don't get offended by that at all. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that it it has, but it just maybe it's changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I I just think in terms of what I'm just trying to understand how it could slow down. Mm. Well, you so you in the in the storyline mm-hmm. of the, the timeline. It's okay. We're at, um, you started working sorry. Yeah. Yeah. and you haven't had Luke yet or Lucy, which one Lucy's the youngest. Yeah, Lucy's the youngest. Oh yeah. So I, I, I'd worked for like a year and a half and then I had Lucy. And when did you open your own practice? The eight months after Lucy was born. So, so you had your third Gosh. kid. You mm-hmm. opened your own practice. I wasn't getting paid by the guy I was working for. Oh, anymore. really? Mm-hmm. Like no. he, like you were working, and he just wasn't paying you. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't writing a check. Nope. I mean, what? Like, yeah. What? I mean, we don't have to dive into that. But that's well, no. I mean, I mean, my choice was to go work in another practice or open my own, and I just opened my own. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I mean, so like. Um, yeah, so it, it was tough because it was also, you know, maybe somebody that I really trusted and was like, you know, my mentor and, um, no and, way. This was the guy that you were sitting in mm-hmm. and watch all this. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, he was, he was paying me, but it was maybe like a third of what I was making at my student loans, were like three grand a month at the time. Yeah. So like, I had that and like a car payment and the mortgage and. You know, so then it was like uh, I had to do something. So I just started just scrambling to look for three kids, you know. Yeah. Um, and we always weighed, you know, Brittany working or or staying at home. Mm-hmm. And with three kids to put them through child care it's at ages four, two and infant is, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you just it doesn't the numbers all make sense, yeah. you know. And so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's what she wanted to do. And I, and I supported that and I, and I definitely align with that where, although I don't, I don't think it would, if she said I felt better working and putting the kids in childcare, I would be, I would be comfortable with it, but I definitely also equally support her wanting to stay with the kids. Now, there, hmm. Some of the things, I don't always support everything that she says, but that, that one for sure, we definitely align greatly yeah. on. And so, um, so again, it was like I could then go work for another practice or something like that. But I also felt like, you know, you know, the guy that he was my mentor, he did he did so much for me. And I and I don't truly even believe that it was like an intentional thing. He was going through a divorce himself. And I think the business kind of like gotten you know, disorganized. His mom died. It was a lot of perfect storm of everything. I had a baby. Um, I mean, for instance, I was working like I worked like 276 days 
one of the years. I mean, if you include weekends, I mean, I counted them. Like that's how I had like detailed tracked everything to where I was like, this isn't right. I mean, something's up. And, and so I was like, even though it felt like I was making decent money, it just, my bills were so heavy that I decided to just, I get these kids again. I'm, I need to make sure I'm covering every expense saving for, you know, health insurance and you name it, and then paying these student loans um, and then opening the business. So I found a spot and I thought, you know, I think I can get money with working capital. I started looking at the business rated models, which you don't get much, you know, information on dental school. So it was like a couple of years out of dental school. 2014 is when I signed the lease, mm-hmm. September 2014. It's so like a year after we moved into this house over here. And so I just moved to this house to also increase my, you know, rent payment, which is mortgage now. But anyways, um, so then I opened that business up and I just, thankfully I asked him, I said, hey, I'm going to open this business up. Can I work for you? a few days a week and kept more pushing on the whole, like, Hey, can we kind of true up the paychecks? And, mm-hmm. and it was all paper right written out. So it was a little, little less organized. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, I worked for him, excuse me. Uh, yeah. So to sign in five days a week. And then I, I opened one day at my office and I slowly added a day. So I was doing six days that first year. I cut Saturdays back at his office. And then mm-hmm. finally in 2016, September. So I still worked a whole nother year and a half to like, cause I still felt like I owed him because like he really was kind of the main reason I got into dentistry yeah, yeah, yeah. loyal to a fault maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, so that was in 2016 and then uh, Thanksgiving, I tore my Achilles <laughs> did it again in, in January. Surprise. Talk to him again. I finally got paid my last paycheck, uh, Cinco de Mayo the next year. Oh my. And I had, and by that point I had my business was already established. I was already looking to maybe expand. So that's, so you, you had your third kid, mm-hmm. you open your own practice and Nine, then eight, eight months later. And then at some point, I mean, you moved. Cause when I first met yeah. you, like I, you took care of me at that other. Building. So that was 20, that was 2015 January. So signed the lease in, in September, did the build out for three months. 2015 is when I opened the business. And then, uh, really I was doing everything myself and we just kind of grew really fast. So I didn't really start hiring out like help with hygienists and whatnot until um, I tore my Achilles. I had to. Yeah. And then it kind of was like, oh, it was like an eye opener on like how I could utilize that. So then we just started really we were just too big. And so in 2018, I started looking at buildings or expanding. Um, yeah. And then I came across the building I'm in right now, moved a couple blocks up, um, bought that building in 2019, April of 2019. And then. I merged it into two suites because it was already built out. I thought, yeah. okay, now I've got this financial thing under control. I, I, you know, I've got the model set up. I had an associate. Um, and then the build out was supposed to be like eight months, you know, like December is when we're going to start. Well, my contractor really took his time. Then he was behind. Then February of 2020, mm-hmm. he had a heart attack. <sighs> and then, so the mortgage, I was paying that mortgage and the rent the entire time. And then in May of 2020, we finally got to move in. And by that point, there was this major influx of people that had missed appointments for like a while because of COVID. And then all my staff were used to like either a furlough and some degree. And so and then it just kind of became this perfect storm. So 2020 was really tough. I had another third doctor. I just was like, I'm going to just hire and hire and hire. 
And then when the infrastructure not there, you hire, it just was like, then things just got too, it was too outreached for me. Um, yeah. So yeah. then we just been kind of like, it just was almost a revamp through like 2021 and 2022. Uh, my associate kind of got a little overwhelmed and, and she lets not we're on good terms now, but it was kind of a tough six months last year. And then I had, I had like all these new staff and they, they're all young. Like my main assistant right now is 22. Um, I have two other assistants that are 22 and 20. Bet. And uh, one of the neighbors down the street, she works for me three days a week. Lizzie, she's down the street. Oh, Abigail's worked for me. Yeah. They're all like high school, young kids. I got a couple of really good um, front desk staff that have some experience. And I brought back uh, an office manager who I lost because she moved away around that same time. So the time just, just keeps going. And like it, you, you asked me, does it slow down? I'm like, I mean, at some point, it's like now we're in 2023 moving in 24. And I actually, this year, the last like maybe six months have felt like a little bit more on par with kind of like where I felt it was more manageable. Hmm. And so yeah, considering the trends of my entire life, I'm predicting <laughs> there's something. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you guys are laughing because now I'm like, like it's like, so if oh, I said no. this, so if I said this to Brittany, right. She's like, you're just, you need to go and, you know, pray about this. And <laughs> I'm we like, can okay. do that, but I totally believe you that something's going to happen. Well, thanks. thanks. <laughs> I guess. And, and I will, but I'm like, all right, and I'm, I, we need to also navigate this too. And I will. And I'm like, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, she's at least very good about being there, you know, even for me to talk to about this, even though she might not, you know, she thinks of what I'm saying. I'm just getting, getting too worked up about the little stuff. I'm like, when this is on the tip of my tongue, all the stuff I'm saying, yeah. I'm like, and in between that, I mean, I haven't gone over some of the other things. I have a couple court cases and stuff like that. That geez. Well, you, you, I think to hit when he was asking, like, has it slowed down? I'm thinking, okay, there's these big work milestones that have, um, that you, the responsibility to, to, to take care of your family mm -hmm. and to continue the career and continue on the trajectory. But in addition to that, you have also, uh, family stuff, right? So you have like, um, deaths in the family have tragedy that's, or, or I mean, I'm, and I'm guessing cause I don't know any specifics, but I'm just saying like, you know, um, but then you also have kids mm -hmm. that as they get older, all the activities, I mean, I, I know we've laughed a lot about like, Oh yeah. You know, you know, and, and while I always surround this stuff with like work and the pressures related to that, mm -hmm. you know, I think I modulate so many things where I go to CrossFit, you know, I could talk about dentistry, but I don't really we were talking about cross, you know, we're talking about what we're doing there and it's, it's kind of a nice break. And then I go to work and it's like, it is all that. And I did start to talk about CrossFit a little bit. Then people were like, okay, you're that guy, CrossFit guy. Like, okay. Maybe I'll talk a little less about that. <laughs> then you, then I could leave and I go to little league football practice, you know, and it's two hours, six to 8 PM, but you got to go home, eat, time it up, be done by eight, sign up for CrossFit, go back home, get the kids to bed, make sure they're fed, check their homework, you know, and then it's, it's like, I don't want to say it's like Groundhog Day because I do enjoy the times that I, I am spending. And it, like I was saying earlier, there's plenty of people that have significantly harder times. And I, you know, I, you know, I, my, we've never missed a rent payment or your mortgage. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's plenty of people that, you know, have way harder than I do. And so I, I just always need to understand that that could be the case. And you know, I might try to pretend like my wife, my life's that extremely difficult 
you know, this pressure that is, is something that I probably could have control over. I could always at, at some point slow it down if I wanted to. And it's like maybe about making the choice. You know? mm. So, um, but again, no, like, I wouldn't slow it down because then you'll be stuck with your thoughts and all of these true, you, very you true. stuff so much of it away that yeah. you're just going to be too much. I know. Don't slow down. Yeah, just okay. keep going. Well, good. good. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of stuck much. with your thoughts, Phil today was coaching and like he, the music was applied like the 15 minutes of the start of class. And I looked at her, I was like, you got to start something, bro. No, I remember Seth. Was and then, and then somebody goes, what are you playing right now? That was Seth. Seth. Yeah, he goes, yeah. it's a Target commercial. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> okay, <laughs> random laugh. side note, yeah. the most hype song of all time is the Home Depot song. <laughs> Bro, have you heard it? That one? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's legendary. I'll What's play the odds? It, I'll, I knew what you are talking I'll about. I'll play it at okay. the, uh, as yeah. the exit song on this podcast. <laughs> it's legendary. Dude. The Home Depot song is killer. Home Depot. Yeah. Man, I feel like there's so much good there. There's so much. I I really appreciate you sharing all that. Yeah, yeah seriously. I know. Like, are we on time? Uh, we're about an hour in. Yeah, okay, we got yeah. we're good on time. So, um, from a like, man, it. What what would you? What if you were to turn the clock back and say, you know what, I wanted to go back to like twenty two year old Casey. <laughs> and just say like, you know, Hey, it, this is future self Casey. These are some things you're going to learn. This is some things you need to know. This is some things that like, you, you, you know, I'm going to tell you now, like, what would you, what would you tell yourself? Maybe that it's uh it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, that you don't have to fix or help everybody. Yeah. Sometimes I feel maybe there's like a innate responsibility that whether it's real perceived by me or, or what, and, you know, I guess sometimes when I think about my faith journey, cause that was one of the last questions that you posed. Um, and a lot of it is derived from maybe inexplicable, feeling in a way, you know, the sort of maybe why me. And I don't, I just don't understand. Like sometimes I just don't get it. It's, it's the strangest thing. Um, like the weirdest stuff sometimes just happens where, you know, I don't know why, you know, in a number of circumstances, I, I will either choose or, or be in a situation that, you know, and I don't, I don't know why I'm either saying yes or choosing to do this route. Um, and one example is like, you know, so I, I accept Medicaid insurance, which is, you know, for, um, you know, you know, lower socioeconomic uh, people. And, you know, it's really hard to find um, staff to help dentists in general because they don't pay anything. And, and I could easily just stop. Just say no, slow down. Um, it's funny because Brittany and I were having this conversation. She and I'll go over like some stresses about something. She goes, "Just stop." Like I, I can't find any way to work long term because it, it is. It's like you're you're basically. It's 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 not even you don't even have the ability to sustain you know unless you do like 
super high intensity all the time and people just don't want to do it and it's like yeah i don't maybe want to do it and it's like for whatever i don't know what it is i just can't i can't turn away from it i don't know like why, why am i put in that position where i just i don't there's something in me that just says i just can't do it like i feel like i need to to provide and to to be there and you know other than something divine where you know i you know i have a savior that says i, I don't i don't need to worry about that and i i want to i want to sit there and go okay let me leave it up to you like we talk about you know and you know i can say i can verbalize it but at the end of the day i still have to make my choice on on what it is and what action and if the next question is well what would Christ do? And I don't necessarily think that that's where like I intentionally like think about my thoughts, but you know, what would the answer be? You know, what, you know, if I were in, in some of my patient's shoes, what, what would I want? You know, and if it's, you know, for this person seeing me for a long time, not to give up on me, then I mean, how can I? You know, and the irony of that, we had this conversation. I just looked at her and it was the first time she'd ever said that because she knows how passionate I am about, you know, dentistry and, you know, some mm -hmm. of the work that we've done. But it's just been like such a struggle to try to maintain it. And it's I told her, I just don't think I can turn away. And I had a patient that I hadn't seen in like seven years and the little girl I saw her when she was one. She's eight now. Like, she's just so big. It's crazy. And, you know, she's talking to me like, you know, I'm her best friend. And it's just wild to think. And then the next day we actually did get some insight that, you know, we, we might actually get a reprieve on some of the reimbursement rates. So I might actually be able to hire some people to help out, which is, which is a good sign. Um, but you know, just circumstances where I don't know, I don't know like why, why I am where I'm at. Hmm. No, I think that's, that's good. Just curious. Is there any other questions you guys want to ask? I have one and then I think we should be good to to move into pushing peeves, but um when do you think you've made it? That's a real good question. Are you asking like like what is it like when did you make it? When do you Yeah like what when's the end goal? Like when Yeah. You... The end goal. You know I guess to verbalize it, my thought would always be Cause I'll never retire. From, there's just no way in COVID I tried to not work and you know, I just, it's just not going to be me, you know, but there's a difference between, I think working and doing what you want to do. And then the pressure related to everything that surrounds that, you know, and maybe, maybe it's when um, I can work when I, because I want to work mm -hmm. rather than, mm -hmm work because of the the pressures related to you name it mm -hmm. you know mortgage kids hockey yeah. dance debilitating dance <laughs> my car didn't start this morning you know i gotta get a new battery you know and those things that come up yeah and those are all fine you know from a financial advisory perspective you know you want to have savings involved and maybe a passive income stream in some way and um, and I think I'll always want to do dentistry, mm -hmm. but it's a difference when I think you want to do it because like you have to do it. You have to do, <laughs> you know, 
you have to go in there and you gotta, you gotta work, you know, all day and, you know, and you might set aside days and it's draining without a doubt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's worth it. It's great. But then you come home and it's like, what do you got left over for your family? What do you got left over, Mm. you know, for your friends, for, you know, free time or, you know, what do you have left? Is it to numb out, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, but I enjoy watching my kids. I enjoy just being around them and my, my family. And, you know, I think that, you know, those are the things that, you know, I think would be awesome to maximize, but then, you know, with some, some degree of, uh, you know, the ability to, to do what I love to do, which is dentistry and even mm-hmm. help people without, you know, the pressure of like the m- immense amount of debt that required, you know, me to get to this point. And, you know, so I think there was a trend where, you know, a lot of dentists would open like a lot of practices and, and I thought, you know, that's the key, you know, and I've since turned away from that concept. I don't, it's not going to be my forte at all. I just know that it won't be my long-term goal. And it has taken me a long time to kind of come to that conclusion at least. And, and so I would say that, you know, you know, just being content and appreciating what I have. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think there's a difference between um, working because you have to, mm-hmm. and then working because you choose to in that, like going to work and, and times where like, no, like, honestly, we, if this, if I can't keep this together, my whole life's going to fall apart. Yeah. And then the difference of that, of saying, no, like I'm, I choose to be here and it's going to, and, and it's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's, like those are two different things. Yeah. And, you know, so the latter part of that would be, you know, I, I guess sort of the, the mental approach towards what that is. And, um, but you need a lot of great people that surround you to do that. And, <clears throat> and I would say, you know, I'm just so I'm very pleased with like the people that I have that surround me mm-hmm. now. And I can't, I haven't always been able to say that directly. And even like, even when I, do that like just i've been around you guys all enough to to maybe trust you to kind of open up about some of these things because you know i guess again going back to my approach with things it's like whether i sit here and vent about my life story or not and and i I believe that you guys you know care and i appreciate that a lot um and you know maybe don't judge us for it um you know at the end of the day you still then have to move on. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta move forward. You gotta, you know, make, make progress and, you know, the, the bills will still have to be paid. And I think that, you know, I've never really taken the time to sit there and, you know, reflect as much on or feel sorry for myself. Cause I don't really feel like that. Cause you know, you get to a point, um, if anything, it, it, it's been tougher at times to work sometimes with people who have like, well, I couldn't do X because of Y. And it's like, I have a hard time being like, okay, well, I don't, I don't believe that. Or I just, you know, I I think my initial thoughts are usually like, I just, you probably just haven't tried hard enough yet. And, you know, I've been bit on that a couple of times where it's like, you know, I just, just, you don't, you haven't walked in their shoes. So just because I feel like I've done some hard stuff doesn't mean that it's anywhere close to as hard as what maybe some other people have had to endure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I just, I'm really appreciative of you sharing all that and yeah. being able to, um, 
I feel like we could do we could do a whole other podcast too. I feel like there's a whole other like part B, baby, part B. Part B. I, we'll give you a rose at the end. I could probably <laughs> you can come back. That, did, I do, did I say that right? Maybe I'll be less nervous and I won't talk as much the next time. No, that was oh, you did great. Uh, you did great. <laughs> people don't people don't listen to hear me talk. They're listening to hear the oh, guest talk. Well, they don't like yeah. us. Yeah, they um, really don't. <laughs> is there is there anything else that you guys have that before we move on to Luke's section? Why it's not my section? It's the yeah, Dave, section. Dave. How about how about this this time? It could be your section, the pushing peeves section. Yeah, I don't have Casey. Do you peeves. come prepared with some some pet peeves? Oh gosh, yeah, I definitely have a pet peeve. I didn't come prepared, but I that, got one. That's okay. <laughs> we we normally open with Luke. Uh, you know, sharing his pet David peeve. open with no. one of his. Yeah, what's been you guys' pet peeve the past few few uh, weeks? I have a pet peeve that is, I don't think I shared on the last one. <laughs> I don't usually have pet peeve, but there was a little bit of an oddity. I went on a trip. Um, and uh, I'm trying to explain. This was a work thing. trip, yeah. right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> this is like, not a pet peeve. <laughs> it's a pet, it was a pet peeve. We we've, we've reversed roles. <laughs> yeah. And you already gave away the punchline. <laughs> they didn't hear it. <laughs> uh, they didn't hear it. <laughs> It's not that, like, am I really starting us off with this? Am I going to do this? You should do this. No, you do it. <laughs> it's, I was traveling, and, and they were not, like, they were long days. They weren't, like, horrible days. But, the like, the one, the last day I was in Atlanta, and the conference ended at 3.30, and my flight went out at 10.30. And so I got up early to make sure I got the, re- the rest of the day. And then, like, basically I was traveling and, and did all this work. And so I, I go to the airport I'm like, you know what? I eat pretty good today. Like, I want some goldfish. And then I started telling myself, I was like, man, I want like a bucket of goldfish. I thought, and then I walk into this like uh, tax-free store. Duty-free. Yeah, Yeah, duty-free store. And I was like, I want to get as many goldfish as I can. Like like a 10-gallon bucket of freaking goldfish. And they didn't have any goldfish there. I thought, like, I know it's not okay, like, NASA strike this from the record, but, like, I I, I was like, I'm going to burn this place down. <laughs> and then I so was like, okay, my plane's about to leave. I'm about to get on, like, so I was like, no, 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 no. You guys can, like, hold up the plane because I'm going to go get some goldfish. And I walked to the other store, and they had Cheez-Its and not goldfish. And I was like, I sent, I, I actually sent Wade there's an inside joke about Instagram and I sent mm. a, a message about like, it had some bad words in it. You uh, know? Are you not a Cheez-It fan? I mean, I don't like Cheez-Its, but I want to. He just loves goldfish. Wait, wait, yeah, it's more David, of a puff. David texted Char and I. I just didn't he get was, it. He was just so, he was really upset. And this is like nine o'clock at night. Yeah. And I realized, how did I get there? Like, how did I get to the point where I'm a grown man, like flying, like, I, and you almost burned the airport dying. to the ground. Yeah, because over... I was mad they didn't have goldfish. It was like it wasn't. And it's not a, no. In your text, you made it very clear. Like a, you wanted a giant bucket of goldfish. Like, yeah, yeah, like the Costco ones. Yeah, not just yeah. any goldfish. I, like, like a size of goldfish that I've never I'd seen. <laughs> like I know that they have buckets. This is of goldfish. so ridiculous. I don't see. I, I sound like you, and you sound like Luke. Is this even, I know. Is this even a pet peeve? 
It's not. Uh, this is like an. Odd, I don't know like, if it's a pet peeve. Yeah, so pet this, peeve. I'm not getting what I want. Yeah, yeah right. That's my pet peeve. But essentially, like, I a feel like pet peeves are are, are unrepeatable offenses. But Casey, that's the whole point of the segment because that is that's what's on Luke's list. Wait, <laughs> I, I have a real one. Oh, okay, go. For oh, it. No. I have a real one. Why so, do I feel like it's about me? Casey, no, 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 no. It's about me. Uh, no, it's not. It's when you point your shoe at me. <laughs> So, um, yesterday I did the trunk or treat thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, at, at the Lewis center campus with yeah. Colin and Rebecca. No way. Yeah. Very cool. And, um, <clears throat> we had bags of candy Yep. and Rebecca decided to open up all of the bags of candy that we had mm-hmm. without going through one, like opening one first. And were they all the same out. bag? No, they were all different things. All four bags were different types. No, there were there were like eight bags. Some of them were the same. Some okay. of them were different. But she decided to open all of them. All eight. All eight at the same time before any kids came by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is like, it, 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 it threw me back into like when I was in high school, middle school, high school. And like my family, we'd have like ooh, whatever, sna- whatever snacks we had in the pantry or whatever. And there'd be, you know, eight bags of pretzels all open. The same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just makes me so yeah, mad. For you, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, finish one bag and then open the next okay. one. Don't open up, you know, multiple bags of the same thing. That it's, I can get behind. It's infuriating to me. Yeah, that when she did that, I, I was like, oh. Opening is, multiple bags of the same thing ugh. is ridiculous. Ugh. Now, we did go through all the candy. Yeah. But it's the principle. It's the idea. It's the it's philosophy. The pr- it's, it's the truth behind it. Casey, what's pushing your piss? Yeah. Casey, oh, you, got pep, you got some pet peeves? Oh, yeah. Don't pet me. I probably have too many pet peeves. <laughs> oh, prove it. Well, let's see. <laughs> I guess one of my biggest ones is when somebody asks you a question and real intent like, and you start to answer it and they go, uh-huh. And they pick up their phone. Yeah. Audience, yeah. Casey's currently uh, grabbing his phone. <laughs> Grabs phone and looks at it intently and ignores everything that you have to say (laughs) and even head nods when you're silent in part of your what you're discussing. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, That and um, that's a good one. I also have I also, you know, drives me nuts hearing people chew with their mouth open. Ooh, like it is just a thing. And my sister hates whatever it is, like the side noises. If somebody's got a video playing. Well, you're watching TV or something like that, and it's just like their noise is competing. It just it irks me. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's that a must good be one. really hard thing for like a dad. Yes, yeah, it, 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 <laughs> no, it is. Like the kids' friends will come over. And I'm like, I've, I've I've like tried to be so good over the years. Like, okay, just just ignore it. Just, ignore it. <laughs> just just don't even say anything. One noise like. <laughs> <laughs> you take your Instagram to the other room. One time, Luke and his buddies that we were watching the Ohio State game. I said, "Hey guys, I just want to make sure. Just, just I don't want like your phones like volumes being on while we're. I don't care if you look at your phones and not watch the game that you came over to watch. Just be quiet. Okay? Like it's okay if you don't pay attention. It's the most important thing on the planet right now. <laughs> but just make sure you don't have like put your phones on silent. Put the closed captioning on or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two plays in. I hear some noise. I was like, <laughs> Hey, I go, Hey, he looks at me. He's like, what? And I was like, I told you, 
Get out of here. Are you serious? It's like, yes. I said, I cannot do this. It's a pet peeve. I'm it's sorry. No, no. Admittedly, don't apologize for admitted. pet peeves. No, that's good. Well, I feel like unless it's a do giant, people have a tolerance ten, for this? It's crazy. Ten gallon thing of goldfish, then you can apologize for it. All right. Mm. Those I don't need all, to apologize. Those for are that. all those are all legit. 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 legit? Yeah. Like I know some people's are you know never wear shoes in the house, and I can respect it. I get it. It's not my thing. Not yeah. my thing. Sure. But I think though that like but I understand it. Repeatable, like what you yeah. were saying. Like it's like oh no, repeatable. Do I create parameters thing? behind pet peevery? Yeah, I think pet peevery. <laughs> Pet peevery parameters is, is it's a, a good thing. That's a thing now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's right. a good thing. You can't just be like, you know, bench press or something. Like that. <laughs> that is absolutely a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, number 32. Yeah. What is that? Bench press. Oh, it's it's literally just his pet the, peeve. Just the, the, yeah. the workout? The movement. The movement. The That's like the only press. movement I did until I started CrossFit. <laughs> At least 80%. Do you have it's any CrossFit people, pet it's peeves? Not, it's not people who do bench press. It's just bench press. Just the concept. The only... The philosophy. The, the actual thing. <laughs> I quickly get over it. I'm not going to lie. I quickly get over it. But there's only a few bars that I can use. And if it's a workout with like a pull-up on it and, you know... It's just tough. And it's, it's like, like... David's on it. However... It's like five and nothing. But no. But no. I honestly go, okay, I should have just got there earlier. And I remind myself that I probably could have just... You know, Who's right? using the tall pull-up bars? You'd be surprised. You know what? Dave's it's probably not your fault. It's probably Ryan's boxes. fault that you were there late. No, no. He only picks me up twice. Oh. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, those are the good old days when you're on the street and I could ride with the, three, the two of you. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, yes, it was the good old days. <laughs> Does... <laughs> So, does Brittany have any pet peeves? That like, she does, she does. If she makes something, <laughs> and do you like, do this? Is oh, this yeah. a pet peeve? <laughs> you do? No, no, she, it's not for me. If she makes something and like <laughs> it's in, it's like a bowl with like a, several things on it, and she presents it. I swear to you, and she and I'll eat it. I'll just go right to eating it, you know. And she's like, oh, "You've got to mix it up first, like Chipotle. I don't know if you guys at Chipotle. Oh, do you, do you yeah, yeah. Chipotle up first, no." Okay, I'm not a mixer upper first. I just go right at whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. I go, I go actually from right to left. I, yeah, I pretty much. I literally same. flatten it out okay. and then I go right to left. So, but you don't mix it. You don't no, make it a. I don't like shake it around or. No. Yeah. But see, that's a thing. That's a thing for people. They're like, whoa, you got to mix it all up, get the flavors and stuff. Right to left, you like like. I'm pretty Arabic, odd. You're like. Yeah, I go right to left. Like Asian reading. I am Asian. That's what it is. <laughs> There you go. So, yeah. Like well, the like when Casey brought up not wearing shoes in the house, I was like, yeah, that's my mom. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Don't be wearing shoes in my house either. Yeah. Hey, no, no. And I, it, I totally, I, I, I've got plenty of family that they are just, you, know, you don't, you definitely don't. And it's like, okay, just I'm all right with the parameters. Just yeah. go ahead yeah. and set them. And we cool. try to keep our house, as you can tell, pristinely yeah. clean. <laughs> And you know the studio. Oh, I've never, I've, yeah, so I'm not. I mean, you could tell me, man. the <laughs> the studio. We have a 24 seven janitor at all times. Jeeves, he's on. I it. think that I just don't. I'm actually starting to be impressed. The kids came up and they're like, "Hey, we broke the futon. Like, we want to let you know." First of all, I was like, "Big milestone." They told us when they broke something. Usually, they never tell us something, and that's the one thing we're like, "You need to tell us." So they told us, and I come down and I'm like. 
I don't know how this happened. <laughs> like, it's, it's like an adult futon where they have two of the legs. One of them was Man. broken off completely. You can see it. It was over there. Like, like <laughs> metal, like, sheared off. Dude, I, I'll tell you what, the stories growing up. I got two brothers and a cousin, and he was a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he'd wrestle me, and he's like, I don't know, three or four years younger than me. And we would go at it. Yeah. We broke my grandma's glass table. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm telling you. So I totally get it. We used to do WWE. Yes. You know, we actually used to take the old cameras really big. Yes. We'd go in the backyard. We'd jump on the trampoline and try to do flips and just rewatch our videos like we're doing film study for like football. (laughs) You think we can get a double aerial on this one? You know? And, uh, so I totally believe how any of this stuff would get broken because we had plenty. I just, I was like, they're, but they're so teeny. Like right now, like, I mean, they're but just. yet so destructive. Incredibly destructive. So durable. Yeah. Yeah. They could take some hits. And durable. Like there's points where, man, I really. But, but kids, I mean, I got sixth graders that they only come to one or two practices sometimes a week because they're, they get a little bump, little boo-boo. And sometimes they're like, got to take the Saturday off. I mean. That's a, that's admirable. I well, I don't think Theo knows there's a choice. He just gets crushed, like, and he's just like, "This is life." I mean, this is you know. So I don't tell him any different, you know. (laughs) Keep bouncing forward. Yeah, just keep going. Just keep swimming. Yeah, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Mm -hmm. But okay, two minute drill, Casey. This is two minute drill. You're on a timer. We're gonna we're gonna ask you questions (sighs) we have never asked before. Oh, we are brand new. Oh man. Like not even the audience. <laughs> that's how things. Break. That's one of them. Yeah. They broke. This, this is down here because it actually like they they were bouncing on the. It, it, they broke. Sure it is. Mm. <laughs> Are you ready? I am. Okay, we're gonna start with David first. Wait, no. I will I'm, start I'm first. Timer. I'll start. Okay, okay, wait. Okay. Three, two, one, go. If you had to get rid of one set, aka like the the incisors, canine, premolars, mm-hmm. and molars. Completely gone. You don't have them ever again. Which one are you getting rid of? Me personally? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my lateral incisor. Ketchup or mustard? Mustard. Uh, Pancakes or waffles? (laughs) Pancakes. If you could be incredibly amazing at one uh, sport that you're not good at already, what would it be? Golf. If you weren't a dentist, what would you be? Teacher. Favorite highlight uh, playing football? Um, I blocked a field goal in high school one time. That's pretty savage. Yeah. How far was your shortest punt? <laughs> it can't be shorter than six feet. It was blocked by yeah, six 18 yards. feet. Yes, 18 feet. Mm-hmm. 18 feet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, I'm never going to let you sit down. I regret telling you that. <laughs> what What is your favorite thing that Brittany makes? Spaghetti. Oh, wow. Yeah, I knew that answer. <laughs> that was an easy one. Um, a really odd hobby that you have. Bowling. Oh. <laughs> Besides licking toenails? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sudoku, they don't have an odd hobby, I guess. Are there more stairs or windows in the world? You know, there's a reason we don't ask that question. Stairs. Yeah, that's a good one. Because it can also mean that when I stare at somebody, you know, 
Anagram. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Doesn't sound like you travel a ton. No. Um, somewhere I've never been. So I'll just leave it like that, I guess. Mm. Very open-ended. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I have to finish off with this one. Okay. If you... Would you rather have an octopus stuck to your face for the rest of your life or be stuck in the desert naked? Which would you choose? Would you rather? Can I ask a follow-up on that? Sure, but... You is, there an, is there an end to the desert? Or is it just always... It's just, naked you just have to answer the question as given. Octopus. Okay. Really? Actually, I don't see an end in sight to that. Octopus, you can live every day. And it's a small one right here. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I always thought stuck to your face like over your mouth. No, like, I never thought that. In my mind, I, I then I, I did that, and I was like, "Wait a minute! It could be tiny right here." Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Could be small. I I actually thought about this question earlier today uh, that I forgot to ask you. If you could be good at one CrossFit movement that you're currently bad at, what would it be? Um, pistols. I was gonna say, if you don't say yeah. pistols, I'm leaving. Yeah. I mean, pistols um, is the obvious thing. <laughs> I was like, is there? It's the only thing you can't do. You're probably. I was gonna say. I was gonna say like, like endurance. <laughs> like, is that <laughs> wrong? <laughs> like, just Bur- be more endurance. <laughs> Burpees. You have a sweet spot. Oh, too. you know, I have to really be like and drink a lot of water to do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite CrossFit movement? Uh, you mean beside two twenty five clean jerks? Oh, over and over again. Shout out. I I think my favorite might be heavy snatch. Really? Oh. Because yeah. it's like so complex and difficult and timing wise that like you just gotta it has to be so precise, yeah. but it can be like that and because each pound, each one pound incre- increment means that much more. So it's like almost just to think like that one little pound can make that big of a difference. Mm-hmm. It's a thing of beauty, isn't it? It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Too bad you always catch out in front. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on my flaws. Um, Excellent. There's one thing I, I want to hit on before we outro. Um, listening to the way you were talking about um, the moment where you basically interned during college um, with your mentor mm. and learn about the industry uh, reminded me of this story that I heard when I was in college of um, how do you get someone to like fall in love something like with something you basically watch someone amazing do it. Someone incredible that you like that you fall in love with it. The, the story that was told was um, this father wanted this kid to be an incredible violinist. So he wanted the kid to just practice really, really hard and, and just know the violin in and out. But what made the kid fall in love with it was he brought the kid to one of the greatest violinists and the kid fell in love with playing the violin. All that stuff got, you know, he he went hard after violin because he fell in love with it. And that that kind of reminds me of like that moment with you, with your mentor. And that kind of makes sense why you run so hard being mm-hmm. a dentist now. Uh, and that also speaks to your end goal of like, I want to go back a little bit to that being the passion, mm-hmm. the enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing. Um Second Peter one seven says, uh, for the Lord did not give you a spirit of fear, timidity, but a power, love and self-discipline. I think I see that a lot in your life as well. 
Um, there are moments where there is like anxiety that you talked about, or even moments of stress, but I think you, in the moments when you lean in the Lord or, or you even see like, Hey, how, how can I press and keep going? How did Jesus keep going and pressing? It's, um, power, love, and self-discipline kind of what he did on the cross, the three characteristics I see in the cross. So, um, thankful for you. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks. You guys have anything else? I just, I, you know, it's really, it's. It, I really enjoyed the time, and I just, I really enjoyed how honest and transparent you were, and I just, yeah, no, I really you. appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for running into it. <laughs> yeah, guys, thank you for checking out the podcast season three finale. Guys, stay tuned. Season four, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Woo! Wah, wah, wah.